There are fewer than 30 men in the world qualified to drive Formula One. A mere half dozen, perhaps, to win. At this moment, I'm inclined to think you're not one of them. This is Desiree for F1Weekly.com. I'm your in-depth correspondent. Let's go with the qualifying, Steve. Welcome to F1Weekly.com. My name is Clark Rogers. I'm the host of the program. I'll be joined by Nasser Hamid, my co-host. This is podcast number 975, January 16th, 2023, Nasser. Thank you, sir. I say from USA to UAE with love. Take five for Al Atia in Dakar while Loeb is a hunter. And coming soon, Albon, this is James. We shall explain gladly. Back to you, Chief. Thank you, Nasser. On tonight's program, Nasser Altia takes his fifth Dakar victory with dominance. Max, not too happy with virtual Le Mans. Toto hugs LCH more this week than last week. And this week, we have an interview with the latest, the newest, the youngest driver on the karting scene. And just a reminder, we need you to order your Motorsports Memories 2023 Formula One calendar called Cross Down Traffic. Please. Just click on the F1 Weekly merchandise page. You know, you want to. And of course, I must tell you, we need your contributions to keep this program on the air. Just click on the Support F1 Weekly tab. Thank you very much. Nass, welcome to the studio. How are you? I am doing very good, sir. Thank you. I took a road trip to Miami, FLA, over the past weekend for some Scusa karting action. Did not see Holly hitchhiking across the USA, but I did see ex-Formula uh, 1 driver Antonio Pizzonia, who was there with his Bambino, who has the same name. The junior was in a winning mood and won both main races in his class on Saturday and Sunday. We have a few interviews uh, that I was able to get, and we will play them over the next few weeks. And like you said, uh, today's interview is with young Basha Ali from Dallas, Texas. He's a very talented and very quick young driver, and we will have him tell his own story later in the show. And Mr. Rogers, how are things on the left coast under a rainy night in California? Well, believe it or not, it's still raining, and we are loving it. We're going to teach these drought makers. So, yeah, we're pretty happy. The water continues to arrive. The dominance of Al Atia in the Dakar was was terrific. But also, Saenz, boy, sure had a huge crash, fractured some vertebrae, and the performance by Sebastian Loeb, who we know is the old man of the sea, was unbelievable to get six straight stage wins to catch up and get second 
in that podium spot. You know, awesome, awesome, awesome. And the Junior USA team and T3 was awesome. They won, and it was their first time. There are some great stories in the 2023 Dakar. Well, how about your fabulous 49ers? Are they still swimming to success? Absolutely. We've done it again. We beat everybody we needed to beat. And now, whoever wins Monday Night Football tonight which is between Dallas Cowboys and your favorite, Tom Brady. That will be the deciding factor for the NFC. It's exciting, Nass, and we just can't wait to watch the Niners go all the way. Great, great. I remember the wonderful halcyon days of Joe Montana and Jerry Rice. Well, they're comparing Brock Purdy to Joe Montana. Apparently, doesn't have the size the stature, but he's a cerebral player, Nasser. That's good. That's good. Okay, sir, moving back to motor racing in what has now become common, we have another announcement of new team principal, this time arriving at Williams from Mercedes and coming soon. Albon, this is James. Valtteri Bottas is BFF, James Vowles. He is the new team principal at Williams to replace outgoing Jos Capito. James has been chief strategist at Mercedes and has extensive Formula One experience. You know, interestingly, in the entire history of Williams Grand Prix racing, he will become only the third team principal after team founder Mr. Frank Williams and the aforementioned German Jos Capito. Hopes are high at Williams. This new signing from Mercedes will be far more successful than the previous big-name signing from the same team, Paddy Lowe. Remember that shamazel when they could not even get the car to pre-season testing on day one? Okay, sir, moving back to motor racing in what has now become common, we have another announcement of new team principal, this time arriving at Williams from Mercedes and coming soon. Albon, this is James. Valtteri Bottas is BFF, James Vowles. He is the new team principal at Williams to replace outgoing Jos Capito. James has been chief strategist at Mercedes and has extensive Formula One experience. You know, interestingly, in the entire history of Williams Grand Prix racing, he will become only the third team principal after team founder Mr. Frank Williams and the aforementioned German Jos Capito. Hopes are high at Williams. This new signing from Mercedes will be far more successful than the previous big-name signing from the same team, Paddy Lowe. Remember that shamazel when they could not even get the car to pre-season testing on day one? Yep, Paddy was a, he was a little flabby. Yeah. Okay, now, sir, this is very interesting because I love the old glory days of motor racing. Gulf may go Williams. Reports are that one of the most beautiful liveries motor racing has ever seen may be on Williams F1 cars this season. Lately, the beautiful light blue and orange colors have been seen on Williams, I'm sorry, on McLaren cars. Remember they ran Gulf colors at the Monaco Grand Prix? Yes, very exciting. Yeah, these colors were made famous on John Wire's sports car team. The Ford GT40 in Gulf Colors is simply Mona Lisa on wheels. It's one of my favorite cars, and you throw in one of the most beautiful paint scheme. It's just beautiful. And Sir Red Bull, just like their sister uh, team or stepchild team Alpha Tori, 
they will unveil their 2023 car RP19 on February 3rd in New York City. And I wonder if Dr. Marco and Christian Horner will be strolling up and down Park Avenue. The ruthlessness of Formula One is such that the 2023 season, forget the season, even the preseason testing has not started, but people are already speculating that Daniel Ricciardo will replace Sergio Perez for 2024. With Checo at Red Bull, Max and Mr. Horner are looking at one or two headaches per season, which in a 24-25 race season is not a bad deal. So the question is, why the need for more Tylenol by bringing back Honey Badger, especially if he can find Mojo off his first stint at Red Bull? Did somebody say Baku? What say you, Mr. Rogers, on Ricciardo coming back to replace Checo? It's obvious. It's so obvious. But what's scary is, so they've already told Checo, you better not call in sick in 2023 because... Danielle Ricciardo will take your seat. I believe that Ricciardo will have a hard time with the new car, and there he's nowhere close to where Perez is in the car. And I think Perez is going to be fairly comfortable, but his contract does end in a year, so we'll see what happens. I understand, but it's funny because Ricciardo left Red Bull because of Max, so we'll see how much love there is over there. Yes. Next item, sir, take five for Drive to Survive. Season five of Netflix F1 series will be available on February 24th, this time featuring double Dutch world champion Mr. Max Verstappen. Remember earlier he was upset that they were creating fake rivalries and this and that. The impact Netflix has made in this country and other places too. At least here you can see it by the enormous crowds in Austin and Miami and Las Vegas will take it to another level in its own special six-figure packages. That's beautiful. And wait, Zach Brown signs another driver. McLaren IndyCar team will enter super uber talent from the world of NASCAR, Kyle Larson, in the 2024 Indy 500. Kyle is a NASCAR champion and is from Sacramento area of Northern California. He is some serious racing talent from grassroots American circle racing scene like Jeff Gordon and Kyle Busch, also known as Rowdy Bush. Mr. Zach Brown said, and I quote, He's a complete driver, known for racing anything on wheels, so I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do in an Indy car. It's been great working with Rick Hendrick and Jeff Gordon to pull this together, end quote. McLaren are involved in so many series now, one has to wonder when they will get back to winning ways in Formula 1. In the past 10 Grand Prix seasons, they have a grand total of one victory, courtesy of Smiling Assassin at Monza in 2021, the same guy who was shown the door this past season. But Mr. Rogers, on a positive note, there's always a tomorrow. How do you think Kyle Larson will do at the Brickyard next season? I mean, we saw what uh, Jimmy did, so let's hope he doesn't hit the wall. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I have a hard time getting NASCAR people successful in IndyCar, but it can be done, and I, and I, and I don't disagree. I think this guy is a talent. I've watched him. It's hilarious, and he wants to win. 
it'll be exciting, that's for sure. Yes. Montoya in the Red Bull Driver Program. Not the percolated variety, but his cool and calm bambino, Sebastian. Juan Pablo Montoya drove for Dr. Marco's team in Formula 3000, so there is a connection there. But just like Mick Schumacher, life is tough for Sebastian, as Papa has set the bar very high and very fast. Not many people can win the Indy 500 at their first attempt by leading 167 of 200 laps. And that's what Monty did. I think the year was 2000 and Moa was at that race. Oh, now this is of your interest, sir. Reunited and feel so good as misery loves company. Fernando Alonso in his Aston Martin will be sharing Pirelli tire testing duties next month with Lewis Hamilton in his Mercedes. I just wonder, Mr. Rogers, how long will a pit stop take Fernando this time? Will we see another Hungarian dance with the physio as the conductor? I think he still has the same physio. Is that correct? Yep. Interesting. Interesting. And, sir, you mentioned Dakar, which uh, obviously is beautiful scenery in Saudi Arabia in the desert. Two in a row for Toyota and Nasser al Atia. This is win number five for the driver from Qatar. Second was your homeboy, Sebastian Loeb. Two in a row in the same position for nine-time World Rally champion. Loeb was driving a Hunter prepared by Dave Richards' ProDrive um, organization. Now, this guy is really special, at, uh, and I really respect him for that. Stefan Peter Hansel, king of Dakar with eight wins, just in the top category, and he has a lot of other wins in different categories. And like you said, Carlos Sainz Jr. both crashed out of the rally. And so speaking of Arabia, from USA to UAE with winning love, the UAE Formula 4 Championship got going in the, at the Dubai Autodrome. And all these races are available on YouTube and if somebody wants to check it out. Race 1 on pole position. Ugo Ugo Chukwu from New York City, the Big Apple. And he was peeling off the competition in style, leading every lap of the race to take victory. He also won the second race of the weekend and placed third in the final race. Not surprisingly, he is now leading the championship. Final race of the weekend was won by Red Bull Jr. Arvid Lindblad from England. And just in the last few years, I was checking out these kids duking out in karting. Both of them are very good. And so is this um, Italian kid we will talk about in a minute. Local lady Hamda al Khobesi was 12th. Also racing in the series are Bambinos of Barrichello and Bedour. And I have to say, both these kids, the apple did not fall, fall very far from the tree, if you know what I mean. And chicas from Filipina and Russia include Bianca Bustamante and Victoria Blochina, respectively. Formula Regional Middle East, which is equivalent of uh, like a Formula Renault, what it used to be, Euro Cup type deal. Uh, they also started the season from the Dubai Autodrome, and there are some very good up-and-coming whippersnappers in this series. Race 1, final two laps were incredible between Gabriel Mini from Sicily and the new super sweet Dino Beganovic, who won the race. And there was some confusion, I think they said, the checkered flag was given one lap earlier, but when it was all said and done, Dino Beganovic uh, passed him on the track and won the race. 
Race 2 was won by a driver from Singapore, Nikhil Bora. Third and final race of the weekend was won by Spanish driver, Mari Boya. Italian Andrea Antonelli, also known as Kimi Antonelli, was second and now leads the championship. He is part of Toto's Wolfpack and the kid we mentioned earlier in Formula 4, Ugo Guchuku. He is in the wonderful hands of Mr. Zach Brown as part of the McLaren Driver Development Program. And sir, speaking of, um, you probably have seen this news quite a bit that uh, Lando Norris may be getting ready to bail out of McLaren and that he has already been approached uh, for a previous um, opening at Red Bull. Do you think Lando Norris will leave uh, McLaren? Yes. I I think he will also, especially if they have a car that's not competitive this season. He's been there already for a few years, but uh, we will see um, how this thing uh, pans out. And sir, we had racing south of the border, the opening race of the Formula E season. Jake Dennis was the winner in Mexico City for Michael Andretti's team. Pascal Verlein was second for Tag Heuer Porsche team. Tag Heuer Porsche is a very interesting racing team uh, name. Sir, uh, did you watch the Formula E action? They have introduced new cars, which um, might get a little used to uh, liking these cars. Have you seen these new cars? Yes, I've seen the new cars. Interesting, very futuristic and angular it's not the most beautiful car i've ever seen but it was interesting and no i did not see the race it was on cbs sports network which is a premium channel and unfortunately the budget does not allow for such lavish living indeed indeed okay sir so there you have a little uh, wrap up of the milton sports around the uh Mondial. Um, shall we move on to an interview with young man Pasha Ali? Absolutely. Interesting interview. Young, to say the least. Yes, sir. I saw him race over the weekend in the Scusa Winter Tour. He is eight years old and very quick. He qualified on the front row and finished on the podium in one of the races. His dad, Nur Ali, used to race for Team Pakistan in A1GP competition and also did some stock car races. The family lives in Dallas and I plan to be in Miami again next month to see Pasha in action again in the second and final round of Scusa Winter Series. And my thanks to Pasha and, and also to his mom and dad for making this possible. Please enjoy the conversation. Okay, folks, I'm here with a young, fast racer from Texas, Mr. Pasha Ali. Pasha, good to meet you. How are you today? Not good. And why is that? Because I got DQ'd yesterday, and now I uh, something happened to my car. I don't... But you are very quick, which is very important, and I like that. Okay, you are eight years old, and your first victory came when you were three years old. Okay, your passion for racing comes from your dad. What is the best racing advice he has given you? Be the king of break late. Be the king of break <laughs> and you are listening to his advice? Yeah. Okay. You are based in Dallas, Texas. How big is karting scene in your area? Do you have a lot of tracks? Do you go there? It's decent, but it isn't that big. There's only two. Three? It's only DKC and NTK. Do you go to these tracks in uh, Dallas now and then? I only drive one, sort of. <laughs> okay. You have raced all over USA from Utah and Nebraska to Wisconsin and Florida. Is there a certain part of the country where you feel competition is stronger or 
the tracks where you feel you are stronger? I feel stronger in Indiana, Newcastle, but then there's so much competition in New Orleans or in Newcastle. Okay, cool. Uh, last year, I believe, was your first full season of karting. Uh, what were your best races? What do you remember most from uh, last season? Newcastle, Indiana, and I got eighth or something and I qualified like fourth. Okay, that's good. Now, if I remember correctly, I think I saw on YouTube, you had a scary situation. I think it was last year when a cart landed on you. Uh, can you tell us what happened there? And the cart just turned up on me and then he went over and he flipped. Don't Were you scared? I blame it on him, not me. Okay, no, I understand. Of course, you blame it on him. I, I saw that and I agree with you. Okay, yesterday I saw you race for the first time and you were very quick, very impressive. Started on second row and after a race-long battle, you lost second place at the finish line on the final lap. Satisfied with your overall performance? No, unless if I win, I'm not satisfied. I think I could have defended more into the last corner and then then opened up more. But you must be very pleased with the speed you have because you can run with the very best here. Only on the Sunday warm-up I, I was the best. Otherwise, happy hours the other best and the races I was decent. Okay, do you have any racing heroes or role models? Michael Schumacher, Ayrton Senna, Lewis Hamilton, Papa, George Russell and Logan Sargent. Well, how come you're missing the name Max Verstappen? I don't like Verstappen. He's decent, but he's not the best. He's not my favorite. He goes after everyone. Yes, I can agree with that. Okay, who will win more races for Mercedes this year? Lewis Hamilton or George Russell? Lewis Hamilton, easily. You sure? Yes. Only Russell only won it because everyone, every drive or every personnel of the team was giving him everything because he, he's going up a 103 F1 driver winner compared to a zero, which is now one. So. Okay. Now, very important question. Are you as good in school as you are on racetracks? I'm better in racing than school. But are you good at school? Uh, I am. Oh, all right. Uh, yeah, I got a hundred like five times. What's your favorite subject now? Gym class. <laughs> What's Actually, your real no. Favorite subject. What? What's your real favorite subject? Gym. It's in my school day. You know, I think that karting should be introduced in schools. Today we could go to the track and I could drive. It's very good. Okay, now. Will you please tell our listeners, we have listeners all over the world about your social media, how they can follow your career? Mm, I don't know. Are you on Instagram? Yeah. Facebook? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any message for any of our listeners? Mm, always go for what you want and yeah. Like and what is it that you want a seat one day in Formula One or Indy cars? <laughs> Formula One, only for the Indy 500. That's it. That's the only reason I want to be an IndyCar. Thank you so much. Pasha, thanks for joining F1Weekly.com. We'll be back after this delicious message. Deep below the plains of southern France, in a mysterious process begun millions of years ago, nature herself adds life to the icy waters of a single spring. Perrier. Its natural sparkle is more delicate than any made by man, and therefore more quenching, more refreshing, and the mixer par excellence. 
naturally sparkling from the center of the earth. Perrier. Welcome back to F1Weekly.com. Clark Rogers here, your host. In now, as we spin the globe and go around the world with Motorsports Mondial and the king, the sultan himself, Nasser Hamid. So today we're going to introduce a feature, main feature called For the Pride of Your Nation. Gentlemen, start your engines is the call before every IndyCar race. In the short-lived A1GP series, the pre-race call was drivers for the pride of your nation, start your engines. Taking a leaf from that, today we present moment in motorsport history where we look at first Grand Prix winner from each country. And said I thought best would be to go alphabetically. Is that fair enough? Okay, we'll start with Argentina. Juan Manuel Fangio, he gave his nation its first Grand Prix victory in race number two of the inaugural Formula One season in 1950. Venue was the streets of Monte Carlo and he was driving for Alfa Romeo. Next nation, Australia, Jack Brabham. He is the top man from land down under in Formula One. He gave his nation its first victory in the 1959 season opener also in the streets of Monte Carlo, driving the beautiful rear-engine green Coupa Climax. And now we come to Austria. Jochen Rindt was their first winner. He was a childhood friend of Dr. Marco and took his first victory at Watkins Glen in 1969, driving for Colin Chapman's Lotus team. The little nation of Austria has also produced big names like Ferdinand Porsche, Niki Lauda, Gerhard Berger, and the new Dynamo Toto Wolf. Okay, from A to B we go to Belgium. The land of chocolates and waffles produced two Grand Prix winning drivers. Jackie X was the first, winning his first race in 1968 for Scuderia Ferrari, the French Grand Prix at Rouen. Thierry Boutsen is the second Belgian to win in Formula 1. And you know, poor Stoffel went down with the tremendous young uh, junior series career he has. He would have won also in Formula One, but there were two issues, and that was the first Honda hybrid engine, and then his teammate. I can't seem to recall his face in my mind right now, but I'm sure you can help me. It's called El Mas Macho del Mundo. There you go. Thank you. Gracias. Okay, from Belgium we go to Brazil. Of Brazil. Emerson Fittipaldi, his papito was a racing journalist and Emo's first victory also came at Watkins Glen in October 1970 for Lotus. The race was only his fourth F1 championship start. Not bad for a driver who had arrived in England the year before without speaking a word of English. Very, very impressive. Now we come to O Canada, Gilles Villeneuve one of few drivers who took their maiden Grand Prix win on home soil. 
in his case Montreal 1978 in the beautiful red and white Ferrari 312 T3 which is one of my all-time favorite F1 cars. Gilles and his son are the only drivers from north of the border to win in Formula 1. Now we come to land of Juan Valdez, Colombia, Juan Pablo Montoya, the super percolated Colombian, one of the greatest pure natural talents of our time. His maiden win came in his rookie season and from pole position. The 2001 Italian Grand Prix at Autodromo Nazionale di Monza for Mr. Williams and Mr. Head, powered by BMW engine. Now we go to Finlandia. This little nation of 5 million people have produced the same number of champions as Germany and Brazil, three each. The original flying fin was Keke Rosberg, landing his first victory in the 1982 Swiss Grand Prix at Dijon-Prenois in a Williams. Now we come to France, your Shangri-La. Amazingly, the nation that hosted the, first, the very first Grand Prix has so far produced only one world champion, Le Professeur. The first F1 winner driving a Ferrari from France was Maurice Trentignon, 1985 Monaco Grand Prix. Interesting podium for this race. Top three drivers drove, drove for three different Italian teams. Behind the winning Ferrari in second was Eugenio Castellotti in a Lancia, and third was Jean Pera in a Maserati. This race is also well remembered, I should say more well known for this incident, where Alberto Ascari left the track and landed in water. Now we come to Germany. Wolfgang von Trips was the Uber Alles in the 1961 Dutch Grand Prix. He led from start to finish to give Germany its first Formula One championship victory. His museum is located in a town called Horem, which is very close to Kirpen, hometown of Mr. Michael Schumacher. The museum is right next to the palatial house his family once owned and features one of the first go-karts ever built in Southern California. You know the LA scene? Hey dude, check it out man, it's radical. Now we come to Italy, the land of Gelato and Milano, where you find the most beautiful autodromo anywhere in this world. Nation has the honor of winning the very first Grand Prix in Formula One and the championship courtesy of Nino Farina, driving for a team from Milano, Alfa Romeo. His compadre Alberto Oscari won the championship in 1952 and 53 but since then no other Paisan has won the Formula 1 World Championship. The truly trained won in Monaco but missed the championship platform. So did one of our favorites, Fisico, the late Michele Alboreto, and I was a great fan of this uh, driver. He came very close to winning the championship in 1985 but suffered from the same fate as Charles Leclerc last year and the other problem he had was the man he was fighting. Alain Pros. Mexico, before Checo, there was Pedro, as in Pedro Rodriguez. His first victory came in South Africa in 1967, driving a Maserati-powered Cooper. The win was very unexpected, and the organizers did not have the Mexican national anthem on a RCA 45. So they played Mexican head dance when Pedro was on the top step of the podium. Now this will be like playing Strangers in the Night if Logan Sargent takes his first victory in 
Singapore. Now we come to Monaco, Monaco. Charles Leclerc, like he says, he can walk to the Monaco circuit from his home. His first victory came at the granddaddy of all tracks, Spa-Francorchamps 2019 in a red car, and the following weekend he went back to back for a nice stroll in Parco Monza. Now remember, these were the cars with engine that there was some hanky-panky going on, and once uh, the law came down from FIA, they were no longer competitive, and classic line was said by Mr. Max Verstappen in the press conference in Austin, saying, that's what happens when you cheat. And speaking of that, we come to Netherlands. Mighty Max himself, arriving in Formula One at the age of 17, after just one season of single-seater racing. Simply incredible, only from the mind of Dr. Marco. But Max did provide a Kodak moment in the 2016 Spanish Grand Prix by becoming the youngest Grand Prix winner in his first drive for Red Bull Mothership, with a double donkey to Lewis and Nico. Now we come to another nation with a big name, history in motorsports, New Zealand, Bruce McLaren. 1959 Sebring, only 90 miles from my casa in Tampa. This was the very first Formula One Grand Prix in the US. And at that time when Bruce McLaren won this race, he was the youngest driver and that record was not broken till 2001 Hungary. And who could that be, Mr. Rogers? <laughs> Nobody understands. It could be, could be uh, Pancho Villa. I don't know why I keep forgetting this name today. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, now we come to Poland, Robert Kubica. The Polish prince recorded his own version of Blue Velvet in Montreal 2008 for BMW Sauber. One hit wonder for both the driver and team. And now we come to Viva España, El Matador. Fernando Alonso lapping Michael Schumacher on his way to his first Grand Prix win. Budapest 2003 and of course till Carlos Sainz won the British Grand Prix last year Machismo was the only Grand Prix winner from Spain so now he has company. Okay now we go from Spain to Sweden Joe Bonnier Dutch Grand Prix 1959. Swedish F1 fans like American F1 fans are without a Grand Prix winner since the 1978 season. Ronnie Peterson was the last Swedish driver to record a win and that was in Austria and amazingly the very next race if I remember correctly was the Dutch Grand Prix which Mario Andretti won and that to this day has been the last Grand Prix win for a US driver. Now we come to Switzerland. Joe Sifford became the big Swiss cheese in 1968 by winning the British Grand Prix at Brands Hatch and unfortunately he was also killed uh, at Brands Hatch in a non-championship race a few years later. And you know, when I was doing the interview with Carlos Reutemann, we were talking about dangers of Formula One in those days. And he said the race in which Joseph was killed was Carlos Reutemann's first ever Formula One race. The times have changed uh, for the better, of course, in that respect. Okay, now we come to United Kingdom, UK. The nation leads with most Grand Prix wins by a country mile and also world championships. Tradition started with Mike Hawthorne driving his Ferrari to victory in the 1953 French Grand Prix and it was a very close battle with Fangio. So very nice way to score your first win 
by beating Fangio. Now we come to the United States. Phil Hill, his first victory for Ferrari at Monza in 1960 was also the last ever win for a front engine car in Formula 1. So very historical win. Now smarty parents will say Indy 500 was part of F1 championship for a decade starting in 1950. So by that count, Johnny Parsons is the first American to win a championship F1 race. Now here is the most important, the Venezuela. Our favorite Crashado, Pastor Maldonado, his day of days came in Barcelona over local hombre, Machismo Alonso in the 2012 Spanish Grand Prix in a Williams. And I believe that is still the final win for Williams. Is that that's correct, right? That is absolutely correct, Nasser. Keep up the good work. And hopefully, you know, they will. They, they got this new guy coming in. He, You know, when Paddy Lowe came, he was a pretty senior guy then, and I said, people move at that level, they bring their cronies. I don't know who he brought, if any, from Mercedes, but let's just hope second time it will happen. And it will be nice to see Williams. Uh, you know, with Massa, they had a pole position, I believe, in Austria. Remember that beautiful uh, martini colors? So it will be nice to see them uh, get back in the winning groove. But we'll see how it goes. Okay, sir. And now we come to famous last words. Today they are from DC, David Coulthard. And he said, and I quote, For Checo to look at how many victories Max had and how many he had, it's not like he's just having to polish a few corners. This is a major rewrite, a software update. If you use the same ingredients in the cake, you will get the same cake. You need to change it if you want something different. If he doesn't, then he will be another driver, like myself, that won a few Grand Prix. End quote. To borrow a phrase from Mr. Don Henley, Welcome to Life in the Fast Lane, sure to make you lose your mind and a few championships, Senor Perez. And with that, we come to this week's Musical Mondial. So before we do the Musical Mondial, any last word you may have about upcoming season, Dakar, or anything on your mind? Motorsports related. Dakar was really fun to watch and uh, read about because it lasts for two weeks. You know, there's just so much going on. I I think it's just, it's got to be super entertaining. And people forget... It's not just the Dakar guys that we saw. There's also another backdrop. They're running vintage classic cars, classic rally cars at the Dakar rally at the same time. So you had Peugeot 504s, 404s. There was a Citroën CX, old Land Rovers. I'm telling you, Nath, one day me and you should do the Dakar rally in a Citroën Traction Avant. I would love to attend the Dakar rally. It's one of, you know, Le Mans, Dakar, Indianapolis 500. These are major uh, motorsports events. We have to do it one of these days. And, you know, if you want to go to a historic event, Mr. Rogers, uh, this year is 100 years of Le Mans. I think you should uh, call the, uh, the ship division of Greyhound and try to hitch a ride to Le Mans. And uh, it should be fun. That's a good idea. That that ship actually does exist. It's the Greyhound bus boat, and it actually lands in the ghetto in Marseille. Yeah, and I think their first stop uh, 
for, for extensive refueling is in Havana. Very true, very true. That's where you get a cigar and a free Hemingway novel. There you go. Okay, sir, but Musical Mondial, you know, we talk a lot about in-flight burrito on our show. I think it's time to give some respect to Taco. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy a little more of Putting on the Ritz. Bye-bye. Good night. Have you seen the well-to-do Up and down Park Avenue On that famous thoroughfare With their noses in the air High hats and arrow collars White spats and lots of dollars Spending every dime For a wonderful time If you're blue and you don't know Where to go to Why don't you go where fashion sits Putting on the Ritz Different types who wear a day coat, pants with stripes and cut away coat, perfect fit.